The KOQ WrestleMania 29 Roundtable. Presented by the Pretty Swell Guys and Up Late with Steve Guy. Now, here are your hosts Steve Guy, Justin Summers, and Chris Clem. Uh, I hate that song. I always feel like they're talking to me when it comes on. Another day, another dawn. Another Keisha, nice to meet you. Get the mad bomb Welcome, everybody. This is the WrestleMania 29 preview podcast. I'm Steve Guy. I'll be hosting this alongside Chris Clem from the Pretty Swell Guys podcast. Yeah. And Justin Summers, who is part of the Ohio Indie Report podcast, as well as a couple others. We are all three big wrestling fans, and that's why we have joined today one week out from WrestleMania. Everybody's pretty pumped, right? Yeah, Definitely. I'm uh, really excited, except for not as excited as I have been in the past. I'm not going to lie, looks like this could be a lot of repeats at this WrestleMania. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. We've uh, Just to let everybody know, we've got some things we're going to run through here in a list, uh, and then we've also tweeted out that we're doing this, so if people may interact with us from time to time. As long as it's relevant, we'll try to talk about it. Otherwise, we'll just move right along. <laughs> I already got the tweets pouring in. Yeah, ridiculous tweets pouring in. Trickling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's start with WrestleMania itself and, and experience-wise. Uh, Justin, you've been to WrestleMania before? Or are you heading to WrestleMania, just watching it at home? What are your plans for it? I am definitely just watching at home. I've never been to a WrestleMania, unlike you, you folks. I've never got to experience that, but I do get to experience one, I think, one of the greatest things. I was at, my birthday is actually one year to the day after the first WrestleMania. And since WrestleMania is always around the same time, it's always around my birthday, so I get to look at it that way. And um, actually, one of my, my favorite moments in WrestleMania was Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 10, Anaheim, California, uh, 10, 12. I was going to yeah, say, yeah. Uh, WrestleMania 12. Uh, no, no, correction, please. <laughs> 10 was my first WrestleMania. Bret Hart had two matches that night, neither against yeah, Shawn yeah. Michaels. We just had our first nerd alert here. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first WrestleMania, but 12. Um, Anaheim, California, March 31st, 1996, my 10th birthday, my favorite two wrestlers, Sean, Brett, Iron Man match for the title. I'm working you out for it. That's just funny because my favorite WrestleMania moment was at WrestleMania 10, and that's when the Bill Clinton impersonator was sitting in the skybox. <laughs> and IRS was in his cabinet for one night only. Uh, I thought you were going to say uh, Piper versus Goldust. Oh, that was that, – <laughs> honestly, that's the one match that holds up the most out of that because – as good as the Iron Man match is, it's really hard to be like, I'm going to watch this hour-long match for the fifth time. Whereas the Piper Gold Dust is like a, a joke, and then they do the OJ chase. And the beginning part's brutal. Like, he runs, he runs him over with his car, and then my <laughs> knee hurts every time he gets Gold Dust. I, uh, I think one of my favorite WrestleMania moments, now that we've gone the last two years, uh, is probably that first time actually walking in when we went to Atlanta. Oh, yeah. 
and, and that was pretty awesome to realize, hey, we're here, we're going to this. To see just walking by when you go past the concession stand and you look out, and you know, when you're at a football game or a basketball game or even like Raw, you can see the whole, you look through the little entranceway and you can see everything. And we look through there and I see like nothing but part of the stage because that is how gigantic Oh, it it's is. massive. And I was like, mm. whoa, I don't even know what it looks like because right now all I see is a black video screen, which ended up being like one-tenth of the whole thing, which WrestleMania 27 might have the best stage of any WrestleMania. What about, but now last year, since we were there, we were high up in Miami, the actual setup of the ring yeah. was pretty awesome though with the palm trees and the way that got covered. It'll be interesting to see this year since it's going to be outdoors. Which actually last year, also one of my other favorite WrestleMania moments, as you know, having to be a homer, loved when MGK came out there. Oh, yeah, you did. And I was the only guy out of 70,000 <laughs> going crazy and knew who he was. But it was exciting. Other than then, I think my favorite is when Stone Cold beats The Rock and turns. And Jim oh, Ross 17, just goes... Is Jim, I just think it, my favorite is Jim Ross going crazy. <laughs> my favorite you know? moment from... Stone Cold! Soul his soul! Tell the devil himself! My God! That's, I just love that's that. That's my favorite WrestleMania, though, 17. It was, overall, yeah. Top to bottom. But I think I like the moment where you see Hugh Morris and Lance Storm and the Misfits in action in the skybox. And it just says <laughs> WCW wrestlers with the Nitro graphics on the bottom. And Shane McMahon points up to him like... Yeah, up there. And I'm like, I'm a WCW fan, and I only know four of those guys are. Chavo Guerrero and Hugh Morris and Lance Storm and, okay, Colombo and O'Hara. I'm already naming more than four. (laughs) That's all right. Well, at this point, you know them now. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Then I was like, these guys haven't even been on Nitro the last last two episodes of Nitro before the last one revolved around Dusty Rhodes and Dustin... Dustin uh, Runnels uh, trying to get Ric Flair to kiss Dusty's ass, which was a horse, like a <laughs> pony they brought out. <laughs> After that, I was like, oh, my God, now I can see why they're going out of business. Because that was the best episodes that had been in months at that point. Since we brought up different uh, things, stage setups and whatnot, do we have any idea or any thoughts of what this one will look like? It's, I mean, it's got to be big, right? It's in New York. New York. Yeah, right. New, New York. Jersey, but still. Um, actually, I did see a picture of, the, like, they're starting the build of it, and it, like, it looked like it was at the edge of the stadium, like, just the, what they're starting to build, and they have the skyscraper from the logo. Like, that's, like, part of it that they're already starting to build, and that was halfway through this past week, so it's, like, two weeks out. They're already working on the stage, so. That's incredible. This is, it's going to be freaking crazy. Yeah. You know, we might actually, I hope it's not too big, because I think we're, like, behind the stage. (laughs) Last year, we were kind of the side of the stage. Yeah, I think we're, like, diagonally, like, again. It's going to be interesting to see based upon the weather, definitely. Last year, you're in Miami, you take the chance with rain, but how do you do an outdoor stadium that's in the Northeast. As any Cleveland fan knows, how many Indians opening days have been snowed out. absolutely. Snowy. when they announced it was going to be at uh, MetLife Stadium in the beginning of April, I just thought this is going to be the worst idea ever. It's not like football because there's no – it's like in a football game, you drink a lot, you dress real warm, it's three hours, you can go inside. Like wrestling, first of all, if you're at WrestleMania, it's about five hours long from beginning to end because right. of the pre-show and all that stuff. Also, 
there's usually only like one match you actually want to miss because it's WrestleMania. You want to see everything that happens. So it's not like you can go and like huddle under a heating vent and, and you know, relax. Yeah, even the Diva match was actually all right last year. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's WrestleMania. This isn't like extreme rules. And you're going to see Kofi Kingston and R-Truth versus Hornswoggle. And, the Great Color. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's everything is the biggest show of the year. Every match is a must-see. And that means you're going to be sitting outside for five hours, and it's not going to be so cold that you want to wear your winter coat, but it's going to be, like, cold enough that after five hours, you're just going to be miserable. That's what I'm afraid but of. What, what about, I mean, the wrestlers? Think about it from that standpoint. What's that going to be well, like? I, I read that they have big heating things built into the... Into the overhead yeah, and everything? Overhead. You, I mean, you would have to. Yeah. Because this is not like, not you know, football, you've degrees. got a whole bunch of padding and everything on. It's and not you got 75 degrees in Miami and we're all wearing t-shirts and shorts and right. still sweating a little bit. And you're a wrestler, you're out there in your little yeah. speedo and that's about it. That would suck. But at the same time, uh, they're doing all this physical activity. Normally that does that's help true. in cold activity. Like yeah. I actually just went to a show recently, uh, an indie show, and it was like at a hockey rink. And it was one where the hockey rink next door to it, because it was one big building, the one was being occupied, so that, like, that was already cold and everything. And the one where the show was at um, had no ice and everything, but it was still cold. And I actually had to talk to one of the wrestlers, and we asked how, like, how cold it was in the ring. And he was like, you don't really notice it in the ring, but you, know, you notice it afterwards. Yeah, as soon as yeah. you get out. Yeah. <laughs> As soon as you're laying down and you just got pinned and you have to be stuck in the ring by yourself, yeah, you no more movement. To the back. That's a good I mean, time. anybody, you know, play pickup basketball in the spring, you know, and it's cold. When you're playing, you're all right. But still, that's when I wear a jacket. They can't wear a jacket or sweatpants or whatever. They got to be in their little briefs and that's it. Uh, John Cena could probably get away with wearing like a hoodie if he really well, wants yeah, to. Well, yeah, if he wants to. But he wouldn't. But that he guy won't. seems way too He loves, he loves his taking body. his shirt he's off. Not, yeah, not that's not going to happen. It's not like when The Rock used to, when he was chubby <laughs> and, like, and he wore his cut-off t-shirt all the time. Yeah, in the warm-ups. <laughs> that was awesome. If Matt Hardy was still in the WWE, I could see him wearing an actual jacket. Yeah. Uh, well, let's do a quick rundown. looked before he, uh, he got fired. Do a quick rundown of what the matches are, and then we'll, we'll break them down. We'll talk about each one. All right. Uh, we'll just at least mention them for now, though. Uh, you've got The Rock and John Cena for your WWE Championship match. Alberto Del Rio, champion against Jack Swagger for the World Heavyweight Championship. The Undertaker versus CM Punk with the streak on the line. Sheamus, Randy Orton, and The Big Show all taking on The Shield in a six-man tag match. Ryback versus Mark Henry in what I assume is a wrestling match, not a weightlifting competition. <laughs> or a sumo match. That was terrible. Uh, Team Hell No, Kane and Daniel Bryan, the champions versus Dolph Ziggler and Big E Langston. That's Big E's first match ever, actually. Yeah, uh, in the WWE. In the WWE, not, not NXT, on NXT. Yeah. Brock Lesnar versus Triple H, no holds bar. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Fandango. No, no, no. <laughs> Fandango. <laughs> Wade Barrier. All in and also his first match, too. <laughs> that is true. His first <clears> match. <throat> but he did pour milk on himself on SmackDown a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, great job. No, that was that Johnny Curtis guy. Uh, he was a totally different guy. Totally Come different. Come on, Chris. Uh, Wade sorry, Barrett sorry. versus The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. And then tons of funk. One of the newest tag teams, Brodus Clay and Tensai versus the, or along with the Funkadactyls, I should say, versus Team Road Scholars, Cody Rose, Damien Sandow, and the Bella Twins making their return. Yeah, they're back. Yeah, looking good, too. They are, man. This one, Miss. Uh, I mean, how do you guys want to do this? Do you want to start? What about this? Which which match most likely to get bumped to the pre-show? 
I think that's the easiest one to on pick up first. In the Funkadactyls versus Rogue Scholars and the Bella Twins. If that happens actually on the broadcast, I will be shocked. But you have to see... You gotta see them break it down on the broadcast, right? That's true. Last year they had a bunch of dancing uh, moms. For That's Brutus right, play. a bunch of they dancing could, moms. They could take that eight minutes and just make this match. What a WrestleMania moment for him! And there was no match involved. No, no match. He just no. brought out somebody calling him mama. He called his mama. But I, I'm gonna predict that's not gonna happen on the card. That's your because that seems like a thing. Like on the pre-show, the kids would love to see tons of funk. Oh man, we got to get this, Dad. Yeah, they got to get him early. And I, on. Honestly, I guarantee there's going to be another match, at least one more that's not listed that'll be on the pre-show for sure. Because last year they didn't announce the triple threat tag match till the day of that was mm-hmm. on the pre-show. That's true. And there's going to be like a mid-carder battle royal or, or like low-card battle royal. Perhaps that's where one of my favorites, Zack Ryder, comes into yeah. play for WrestleMania. <laughs> Woo woo! The internet woo. championship on the line in the pre-show. He should. <laughs> I love that it's on his trunks. <laughs> Cracks me up. Push me. That's his new trunks. They say push me on the back with the red button. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm probably going to agree that that's your pre-show match there. Tons of funk and the road scholars. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to third on that one. It's, <laughs> it, it's the one that weighs the most. So it's definitely being pushed to the bottom of the card for a reason. Yeah. And it's just, like, not many people want to see the Funkadactyls or the Bella Twins. A lot of people don't even like Brodus Clay or Tensai. And still some people don't even like Team Road Scholars, so it's, like, very mixed. And I think, but, like, kids like um, tons of funk. They do. They always bring the kids in to dance. for the free one because that way they get that last push and, hey, here's the kids' favorites. And they see that, and then they beg their parents. Let me throw this out as a wild card, though. Could you see, and I don't want it to happen because of who's in it, Yeah. but Jericho and Fandango being a free card. Just because of the fact that it's... It would be Miz and Wade Barrett before Jericho and Fandango. You think so? I just think because it's Fandango's first match. I mean, I think it's ridiculous. It's not really that strong of a a build-up because it... I mean, it's kind of very yeah, but, new. But this is this this is not going to make sense because I just said Wade Barrett and the Miz would get pushed off, and I'm going to use the same rationale for why I think that won't get pushed off, for why this won't get pushed off. You don't bring the money in and bring Chris Jericho back, and the guy's hosting a TV show and doing media and stuff, and then drop him off the card, which is also why I don't think Wade Barrett versus the Miz will be off the card because he's been doing talk shows and hyping WrestleMania, and if any people see like Chris Jericho or The Miz on a show and they decide to get WrestleMania, the last thing we want to do is have them not be on the show at all. Right. So I, I really don't think Chris Jericho would get bumped. But I think if The Miz and Wade Barrett would before that. But Wade Barrett's I'm a movie sure, star now. I'm sure Fandango is going to have a huge stage set up with a bunch of dancers coming out and all that kind of stuff. I can't wait for that. <laughs> Wade Barrett is a movie star. If your definition of movie star includes seventh build actor with four lines in a movie, <laughs> that bombed. Don't, don't make fun of David Otunga. <laughs> Actually, no, his movie, was, his movie did really good. He did good, and he was like six. So he He's got Halle Berry in that movie. Yeah. Of course it's going to do all right. And Abigail Breslin. Have you guys seen Marine 3? No. i got to no. save my money and get that on Blu-ray. <laughs> there you go. Um, well... Since we're talking about that one, let's just go into that Wade Barrett versus The Miz. So we're just working our way opposite then? Yeah. We'll work our way whichever way we want. <laughs> we'll jump around. One thing might lead us to another. 
Wade Barrett versus The Miz, Intercontinental title. I guess uh, predictions first, maybe, and then we'll get into why. I'm going to go with Miz. I'm going to second that Miz is going to beat Wade Barrett for the second Intercontinental title reign in yeah. his career. I want to say The Miz, but I feel like there's always got to be a bad guy that wins somewhere, and it might just be Wade Barrett, but I don't know. Uh, I have a th- I have- not to like switch up, but I have a feeling there's going to be two bad guys that win, and that is Jack Swagger and John Cena. So <laughs> John Cena's your bad guy. He's a heel to anyone over the age of twelve. That's so, true, except Justin. Um, we'll get to that one later. What do you guys expect out of the Wade Barrett Miz match in not, itself? Not much. I expect it to be like four minutes long. <laughs> You'd expect the Barrett barrage, and then maybe. Uh, the skull crushing finale, and that's it. Barrett needs to get his jacket and his rose back because mm. ever since he lost those, he's kind of been floundering around there. <laughs> and I mean, he's an intimidating guy when he gets to talk because he's a great talker, but he's not just standing there. He's just like this tall, skinny British dude with the. He's the essentially nose. the modern day William Regal when they made yeah, William yeah. Regal like a street fight tough guy. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he's bigger than Regal, and he's he's talented, but he just needs to be... Like, the push that Jack Swagger is getting, you take him off TV for eight months, he's losing to everybody. Wade Barrett's never fallen off that hard, but right. I think it do him... They, they took him off TV and they brought him back, and then when they brought him back, they didn't do anything except show a few vignettes of him watching people in Britain fight in a bar. Which, what is that supposed to get me excited for that character? He watches people get in bar fights? And they gave him a tagline. Yeah. Barrett Barrage. Which is terrible. It's it's awful. Which actually, he had that before he got injured. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Just wasn't as big. And he has a sweet new finisher uh, with the forearm shiver. Yeah, he pretty much does Chris Hero's old finishing yeah. the, the elbow to the face, the rolling elbow. I don't know the specific name. He did an ROH. But you, I, I think you gotta have something because they're two. They're pretty talented guys as far as what they can do. I think if in the honestly, ring. I like both these guys. I'm a fan. Obviously, I'm a huge Miz fan. But I think if you look at the list of this, if they really. They're not going to, but if they gave them a, a decent amount of time and let them both, because the one thing the Miz, people hate on him for a lot of things, but the one thing he's good at for a smaller guy is um, not necessarily like power moves, but these guys are both great like in-ring brawlers. And if they just let him go yeah. at it for 10 minutes, it could be a really entertaining match and probably one of the top five matches on the show if, if they gave him a lot of time, but it's not going to happen. So it's basically figuring out why, who's going to win what. Wade Barrett's not doing anything. The Miz is filming another movie. That's the only reason I think The Miz might not win, because he's going to be off pretty soon. But Well, and because of that, too, I think that that also makes it more, at least if I'm thinking if I'm one of these guys, and this is going to be my last match for a while, and it is WrestleMania, it's yeah. going to be big. I mean, this is kind of one of the, as I look at the card, this is one of the ones that I think, like you said, is a show stealer or has the potential to be. There's like three on here that I could say would be show stealers, and that's this one, and that's um, Team Hell No versus Dolph Ziggler and Biggie Langston and Chris Jericho versus Fandango, believe it or not. I, yeah, I would say that. Because I have a feeling the Shield match, not because of the Shield, but I have a feeling that's just not going to be satisfying. 
insane with Ryback. We'll we'll just get into the rest. Why, uh, Justin? Why Miz for you? I'm looking at the psychology of the storylines, especially with WrestleMania. A lot of times, they like to do happy endings, and um, this Wade Barrett Miz thing has gone on for months. Yeah, months, and Miz cannot get that that win. I think to put the win at WrestleMania, even though it's for the Intercontinental Championship, you know, he's already won the, the WWE Championship. Right. I think that's just like, oh, you know, I won at WrestleMania, and then like yeah. that, that's really like a really good story. And I think they had him keep losing against Wade Barrett for so long to where. Plus, this was the payoff. This is what four and zero at WrestleMania now. Keep the streak alive. Yeah, <laughs> the new streak. He's going to beat the Undertaker one day. Is he? Yeah. I didn't do. I never did the math on that. that. This might be the fourth. Might be three. He won the. He retained the tag titles with the Big Show. He beat Cena. He beat Cena, and he won. He got the winning pinfall last year for Team Johnny. For Team Johnny, yeah. <laughs> the next so there Undertaker. he goes. Take that, internet fans. <laughs> Um, well, I guess we'll just go back reverse order then up the list. We'll go with Chris Jericho and Fandango. Yeah. Uh, another one that potentially could steal the show. Um, Johnny Curtis, as we said, it's Fandango. Chris Jericho, I, I mean, always has a great WrestleMania match. Yeah. Last year, I mean, I hate to say it, CM Punk supporters, but Chris Jericho was the reason that match was good last He was. Year, Absolutely. It was a fantastic match. and which And also... Ooh. I'm, I'm not well, saying I'm not saying just Punk. I'm not saying just Jericho. I say those two together. One thing about one thing about match. Punk is he is probably he is one of the best wrestlers on the roster. But at the same time, I think sometimes if he doesn't like you, like his match versus Orton, yeah. it wasn't that good. But, the, but I, his match against like John Cena is great, and his but, feud against Daniel Bryan and Jericho were both great matches in the feud. The only reason I say that is I'm not like a big believer in like one guy carries another guy, but every big moment that I can remember from a match like, ooh, was because it was something Jericho did. But CM Punk's not a flashy guy or a very exciting guy when you just think of his highlights. Like when he did the um, the walls of Jericho off the top row, mm-hmm. uh, I believe that was a move, yeah, and then CM Punk flipped him off like yeah, they were both involved, so it was a good match. But, I mean, those are kind of spots Jericho only busts out, like, on really big matches. Where CM Punk basically does every single move in his set, or every match he does. But I will say, leading up to WrestleMania, and already in 2013, two of the best matches, singles matches, that we've seen on Monday Night Raw in years featured CM Punk. Well, yeah. Between yeah. the Jericho, CM Punk... And then Cena and CM Punk as well. So, but, well, that's but then Jericho's been involved saying, in some like, fantastic. Jericho maybe, and Miz was pretty maybe awesome. It's too, just saying so. Jericho holds something back where CM Punk does his same big spots every single match that he does. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if it's Raw, SmackDown, or an October pay per view. He's still going to put out the same type of moves. And like you said, when he's with somebody he obviously likes, but. Why celebrate a guy for sandbagging people he doesn't like to work with? <laughs> Everybody works with people they don't like. Deal with it. It's called being an adult. I, I'm curious to see how this Fandango thing plays out because they kept, obviously, postponing it, postponing it. And last week on Raw, you saw the live audience finally just not buy into it and just yeah. be bored with it and, and start chanting, you can't wrestle. I thought that was great. And then he had to get on the top ropes and do a long, launching <laughs> leg drop as if that was going to shut them up. But still. <laughs> like, I, the one thing I think it's funny about like the Fandango thing, or Fandango, is um, a lot of people are like complaining about it now, but really go back. You know who he kind of reminds me of? 
You guys remember when this guy debuted? Hi. I'm Dolph Ziggler. Right. Well, yeah, but that's... And, like, that went on for how long? And I was just like, oh, my God. But the, the thing that I'll say, which is why I started liking Dolph Ziggler before I even knew his background and he was a local guy and stuff, is because I was like, every time this guy gets in the ring, like, he does something that's like, whoa, but yet he's on Raw once, like, every four weeks. This is right when I started watching wrestling again. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea who this guy was. And I'm like, this is the worst gimmick ever introducing yourself. But every time he got in there, he just did something that showed, like, oh, wow, he could be good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fandango's not really getting that chance. He doesn't really right do now. anything. He yeah, goes he up, he really dances, like... maybe hits the mic, and then he's gone. But if that goes on another six months, you hit it right on the nail on the head. Like, yeah. this, I don't think this has gotten old yet. You're right. The Dolph Ziggler thing went on way too long. But in Ziggler's defense if you look at it that way he did already come in as part of the spirit That's, squad had already had a character well, so that was set. Guy, he was, yeah but he, he was poured in, milk on his head on smackdown nobody remembers that one yes <laughs> but that was what two years ago i mean how long was he really out here as johnny Curtis? Dolph ziggler was chavo guerrero's yeah caddy. yeah i was about to say <laughs> yeah. if you're gonna throw out Dolph ziggler facts he started right. as his caddy <laughs> That's freaking Chavo Guerrero's caddy. But he was, I mean, decently established on multiple times. But the thing you is, know? I'm saying, when I first got back into wrestling and I watched it, I had no idea who he was. I mean, I'd, I kind of kept up with it, like read about it online, but I hadn't seen Kerwin White or the Spirit Squad or whatever. So right. I, I didn't know that was that guy anyways because his hair was completely different. It would have taken me a long time to he was that out. Yeah. Um, Which, totally off topic, but his real name was a much better wrestling name than Dolph Ziggler. Think. Yeah, but his his brothers in wrestling too. Yeah, yeah. So you got you know, um, but the, back to the Jericho, the Fandango. Uh, it's just they're clearly two very athletic guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the like, fact that Jericho's in this good of shape at his age is is amazing. Yeah, you look at he's not like I mean he's he's is he forty yet? He's like 42, 43. Triple H range. Yeah, and Triple H is just. Obviously, just huge muscle still, and he's not like he's moving around a ton. But Jericho, I, wonder, I mean, I wonder if he gets tested under the wellness policy. Yeah, right. To quote Scott Steiner: "You send a limo and pick me and Triple H up, and we'll both take it together." Yeah, <laughs> but Jericho is just—he is—he's incredible shape, and the <coughs> things that he is doing. The match last year, you look at it, and a forty-year-old man doing something like that—he doesn't look like the Rock, who's pushing forty and makes it look like he's jacked on steroids. Oh. The Rock is, but the thing is, you're making, Chris Jericho is probably in, I mean, just as an outside observer, he looks to be in some of the best cardiovascular shape of his life. Yeah. Whereas The Rock and Triple H both look like they're going to get winded walking down that ramp, right. just making it to the ring. <laughs> There's a huge difference between physical fitness and in-ring shape. And yeah, The Rock and Triple H might have the best bodies on the roster, but they do not look like they can keep up. I just—it's one I'm—I'm ex, I'm excited to see what this Fandango can do. What's your prediction then? I do think Chris Jericho loses. I'm going to predict Fandango. Why do this if he's if he's not going to win? It kind of just yeah. Well, but I guess too it it helps bring Chris Jericho back further up because he's they've been making him have this mean streak now. He just yeah. goes out and beats up the guy. So maybe it is a chance for Jericho to get back out there and a bigger push for him. I have a I don't feeling know. it's going to be. Maybe the best match on the show. If, again, time limits. Time limits. Yeah. If they go out there and the intro takes 15 minutes, you know the match is going to be 
four and a half minutes long. And from a technical standpoint, eighteen seconds. Yeah. <laughs> from a, from a technical wrestling standpoint, I think probably potential that is definitely yeah the best match. Let's skip to. Uh, oh, can I put my mind? Yeah. Oh, Did yeah. You go ahead, Justin. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm saying Fandango. Uh, one reason is because like Chris Jericho's losing record since coming back to WWE is yeah. is his win record. It's just terrible. Yeah. He has lost more matches, way more matches than he's won, and I think that's that's the beauty of Chris Jericho. I think he he knows like his place in history. He's high, but there's still many higher than him, and he wants to give back to the industry in so many ways. And I think for him to, um, for Fandango to win, that would like boost so much for Chris Jericho. And the bottom line is if Fandango tanks, it's not going to hurt Jericho. No one's going right. to go, oh, yeah, you lost to that guy at WrestleMania. They're going to go, yeah, you, I don't even remember that WrestleMania. Chris Jericho's always been a guy who, even when he was just a low-card guy in WCW, has always been super over, just naturally, is that kind of charisma. He's not worried that, you know, his place in history is not what he wants it to be because... He got forced on everybody's throats. He, that's how all these guys that are over 40 should should feel. Yeah, I mean, at this point in his career, he's got such a strong fan base. I mean, every time the guy returns, people go crazy. He only has to disappear for six months, and they make a big deal of his return. <laughs> yeah, not even four months. From, uh, yeah. SummerSlam in January. And so you're right. I mean, he can. He can keep losing, and it's okay. People are still going to love Chris Jericho. That's just who he is. That's why I love him. The guys, that's one of my favorite returns. I think still was Chris Jericho came back and he was so amped up, and he's like, oh, "Yeah, come on, baby, yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah!" I just remember, and they just went to the ring and went right back up the ramp. I, like you said, he had only been gone maybe like at that point a year. Like each time he leaves, it's less and less. Time. Yeah, but yet when I watched that episode of Raw and Chris like the lights went out and then there's this flashing jacket, and he's like, "All right, yeah, yeah, yeah," I just like lost my shit. You were like, I was yes, 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 yes. But oh, it didn't, didn't matter. No. <laughs> and then he just went right back up the ramp. Yeah. It was, I mean, still, to me. Yeah. Everything that guy does, he's been a favorite of mine since uh, I first started watching WCW back in the day. It's, so. it's one thing when a guy like The Undertaker returns, you expect him not to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, that's just the nature of the character. But it's another when a high-energy guy like Chris Jericho comes rolling down there and does nothing on the <laughs> mic and just goes right back up the ramp. It's I think that's awesome. one of the greatest no, no, no. returns ever. <laughs> I just like that every time he comes back, his wardrobe is flashier and flashier. If you remember when he came back in, uh, what was it, 2006 or 2008, he had like a, a vest, but it was like a... Oh, it was real shimmery. Yeah, yeah, that's now right. Now he just was, took a step up and actually has a jacket that lights, lights up. Lights up. It's pretty great. Well, he had the first one that lit up and it was like just... White lights. Yeah. yeah. Then, right, then when he came back after that, it was <laughs> colored. colored. Next time he's going to have pants, too. <laughs> uh, Top hat. Just keep adding the wardrobe until he's basically in a pimp suit that lights up. <laughs> the hat. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Godfather can escort him down. Uh, we're gonna skip the Godfather to... <laughs> and his girlfriends, as they called him at Royal Rumble or whatever. Mm. They did not call him the hoes. No, they did not. And they uh, edited out the best part of this. I'm totally digressing. The ho train, yeah. Like, oh, come get on the. Oh, yeah. they just it's, went, it's now PG. It's PG that. now. They can't say ho train. They got to say uh, a crooked letter, double crooked letter instead of ass <laughs> for the road dog. Yeah. Nobody, uh, no, he has said that a lot of times. He, he says say that a lot, that, though. Oh, okay, okay. You know, when he does that, he'll say crooked letter. Oh, um, he doesn't say, oh, you didn't know. He doesn't say, yo ass better call somebody. Right, he just says, you better call somebody. 
Uh, let's skip to the tag team match since we were already talking right. about Dolph Ziggler uh, uh, quite a seven bit. Seven on this list. Yeah, yeah it's your favorite. Yeah, yeah. One of your favorite <laughs> we'll wrestlers. So I want to get back to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Team Hell No, Kane and, and Daniel Bryan versus Dolph Ziggler, Biggie Langston. First time Biggie and, and Ziggler are teaming up, and, and obviously the first match on WWE, not NXT, as we said, mm-hmm. with Big E. Um, just so many things going on in this match in general, even with Ziggler and the play that can happen later. Yeah. You know, I mean, he can... He still has that money in the bank. Right, they can lose this match, and it won't matter because he can still have a great WrestleMania by capitalizing with the money in the bank. Uh, Team they Hell No. win this match, though, because Team Hell No is running their course. That's what I was just going to ask. Has Team Hell No ran its course to you? Uh, a lot of people didn't want them to be together in the first place. I still think it's hilarious. I, I still think it is, but it just seems like when they first they first brought them together, they were their WWE's like hottest thing for like two months. Like they right. they were, could have main evented any show and been the best thing going. And now it just seems like it's like they still don't like like at this point they should either be getting along great or have split up a long time ago. It's really hard to keep that antagonistic relationship going for a year. But they do hug it out. I, I mean, yeah. And they have been getting along lately. Yeah. yeah. Like, going into this match, it seems like everything they're getting along on. Right. You have, uh, uh, was it, main, a main event this past week. Uh, Kane was wrestling. AJ Lee comes out, skipping around, is trying to distract him. Daniel Bryant comes to Kane's defense and okay. gives her the well, boot. Well, I haven't Kane seen this since the main event. I apologize. Uh, but, I mean, it is, they've been, that's just the thing they've been getting around. The whole AJ Lee aspect has been. Well, aren't they going to have uh, Caitlyn in their corner? Or is that just still like speculation? I think it's still speculation at the moment. It could be speculation. I have a feeling there's going to be a Divas match on the pre show. Yeah, more than likely. Or added to this show. I don't think that. I don't remember the last WrestleMania where they didn't have Divas really wrestling. They, with a four hour show, they could easily have 10 matches and do it the same amount that they normally do on a pay-per-view because it's usually seven matches on a three-hour show. But 11 matches is probably going to be too much because they do extra stuff too. Like P. Diddy's going to be performing. In case you haven't heard, P. Diddy will be performing. Well, the question is, will they do one of these matches, a squash match? kind of That's like, true, like last year. Like with Sheamus and Daniel Bryan because that opened up a little bit of a wall. Because normally... They always seem to do, like, if they're going to have so, certain main events, there's always a Divas match somewhere in there, or some, something in there to get the crowd going from up here so to help bring them down, to help them get pumped back up right. for the next match. I, I don't think that this, I mean, this match could be that, but I don't think it will, because there's, I think you have to set up the story of Dolph Ziggler really getting his ass beat if he's going to cash in the money in the bank then as well later on that night. Like, that just makes it a little bit more of a story. Or maybe it saves him. Maybe if they make it a quick match, he can then go do it. He could have a face turn. Biggie Langston could go out there and lose the match right away, and then he could turn on those guys. Could, could. But then again, that wouldn't really be the best face turn because I don't know how much heat Biggie Langston has. But AJ, AJ would be, yeah, you know. I I think one one of the bigger deals that comes into question with this match too is as we see now, this is this is the state of where tag teams are, obviously, in the WWE. You have a guy that hasn't even performed yet on <laughs> WWE, and he's thrust into a tag team championship match at WrestleMania. Meanwhile, you've got guys like the Usos and uh, Primo and Epico, like legitimate tag teams. 
But they're millions not of dollars. You're going to make Brown Top Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. I just like his whistle. Yeah, I like what he. <laughs> I liked his disguise a couple weeks ago. He needs to bring back his best line ever. If you want to make it a fight, make it a fight. And if you want to make it a win, make it a win. <laughs> but, you know, none of those guys are involved in a tag team match in WrestleMania. Not even for what the tag team championship. Trophy Kingston. Oh, come on. He came to his defense when he came back. Yeah. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> Man, I but, love heel R-Truth, but I don't like face I, R-Truth. That's the only thing I could say about the Kane and Daniel Bryan um, combination that, that I like is that they actually have built them into an actual tag team for this long. Because it's yeah. been a long time mm-hmm. already, you know, that these guys have been together. Usually when you get two single superstars, you put them together, I feel like after three months, all right, we're done with yeah. this. I mean, these guys have been together for... Over six months now, I think already. Yeah, since my last July. Yeah. So that's fun. I just, I guess, I wish I would have seen them go against something. I'm honestly shocked than this. that they've lasted long enough to go to WrestleMania. Like when I first heard rumors that they're gonna have a match at WrestleMania back in January, I was like, they're still gonna be together at WrestleMania. Yeah. It will, I mean, it, I guess it's the best thing for both of them because there's no clear spot for them to do anything else right now. So. Well, I think one reason even why they put these guys together was. Daniel Bryan was is over with certain fans, but I think they wanted to help get him over to like some of the younger fans. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, it did just that. I think there's more fans now that like look at Daniel Bryan and now it's also just a, a serious threat. And I think is, this was a way to have him because he flipped heel last year, and they needed a way for him to kind of turn back. I, and I think this was like a great progression. And as soon as this is over, I see that. I mean, I see Daniel Bryan getting into that role. I'm gonna agree with you that. Being with Kane got him over with more of the younger fans, but I'm going to totally disagree that it makes people take him more seriously. If anything, I think it takes him less seriously as a threat. Well, what I mean, ser- I should say seriously, if I almost want to say maybe pay attention to more. That that's, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just think like before he was like a technical wizard, kind of like built up like another version of he who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> But now he's kind of like a comedy wrestler, but he's kind of not really a comedy, but you know, like the kids, he's over with everybody now, which is a good step. And mm-hmm. he's got, he's probably the most talented, technically speaking, guy in the whole roster. Mm-hmm. So if anybody can do it, he can. And, and he's got a, he's more mainstream now. He's got a beard off going that's with a major league baseball, baseball player. player. So that's pretty good. And the one thing Daniel Bryan has going for him is even when he's out there for 30 seconds, his kicks look more believable than anybody else's on the roster. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. You watch him, and you can totally suspend your disbelief that he can beat anybody on the roster. Like, you see him kick a few guys and with his holds, and you're like, wow, this guy could beat anybody. So you, so it's like maybe in a month they could totally make him – a serious threat again, but I mm-hmm. think you're right. Just getting out there and now kids boo him and they go go face signs every week on Raw mm-hmm. and stuff like that is a good step. And of course, in the fun twist, this match does pretty much bring 2012 and WWE full circle with the whole AJ fiasco. She's oh, with yeah. Daniel Bryan. You know, last year at oh, WrestleMania because of her, that. she yeah, lo- of he loses the belt at WrestleMania last year because he gives her a kiss and then gets his head knocked off by Sheamus. You know, then she's with Kane, she's with CM Punk, Cena, and then yeah, ultimately Ziggler. So it does kind of bring it all back to, I guess, conclude that maybe. So could we see Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler starting in the ring? Dolph Ziggler goes in for a kiss. Daniel Bryan does maybe a wicked super kick, 
Oh, <laughs> Ken's dull. And the match is over. Yeah, <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh, now you see what it feels." And I thought, that would be that guy's speculation has just made me go from thinking this match was so lazily thrown together and put out there, to now I'm like, they've been building this up for a year. <laughs> And this is the once in a lifetime. This is once in a lifetime. This is the best storytelling they've done for years. This is like the mega powers exploding, man. They're playing in the seats so long ago. And then I think one thing that they could do, because this is the way I've, I've figured, figured it out, because when they were talking about uh, for later in the card, because I picture uh, Ziggler and E losing. Yeah. And I picture yeah. uh, Dolph being maybe the one that gets pinned or something. After the match, Big E goes nuts. Not on Dolph. Like on Daniel Bryan, Kane just like rips them apart. And it builds up the Big E character. Well, that's going to build up the Big E character. And what I see is the World Heavyweight Championship match. Whoever wins, Big E comes out, does the same thing. Out comes Dolph Ziggler. Money in the bank. bank. Sure. Yeah. I could see that happening. That's how he first, when he debuted, he did all that stuff to Cena. That would be perfect. They end the World Heavyweight Championship match. You got... My guess, Alberto Del Rio doing his shimmy thing. He just comes out and just levels him, and then Dolph Ziggler cashes in. Well, let's just jump to that match. Okay. Then, since we're talking about it already. since I mean, it's going to tie into that one. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know it's going to tie into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope, because right now they're like losing steam every week. When they were in Pittsburgh, what, a week and a half ago, people were cheering for Jack Swagger. Pittsburgh's a really racist town. Yeah, so absolutely. That Pittsburgh absolutely <laughs> probably loves Jack Swagger right now. And, and Zeb Coulter. Teach him a lesson. <laughs> hey, Yins, teach him a lesson. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really don't know who's going to win this because I think in my mind it doesn't matter. No. Because this match is put together. So that Ziggler can then get that I, I belt think with the money. Jack in the bank. Swagger, let's not forget the DUI and drug possession is still might not be out there, but you know the sword's got to fall on him eventually. eventually yeah. Uh, what I what I do keep hearing about that is he's not one hundred percent guilty. So that's one reason why nothing's been put down on him because it's more like if like if like yeah, but none of these guys are guilty in the court of law until the case happens, and yet you still see them getting punished immediately just for the bad PR it happens. I don't really jive with that whole rationale because no matter what the headline gets out there, you got to punish him for that regardless. Because either way, he got stopped late at night and he had pot on him, regardless of whether he's drunk or not. Is besides the point. And actually, PR wise, actually with weed, it's optional. If I'm correct in the, in the wellness policy, it's optional for them to suspend. No, yeah, it's just a fine. But I'm yeah. not talking about wellness policy or anything like that. I'm talking the fact that it's TMZ, it's front page news. Anytime a guy in this position, because you notice when the Usos just got popped for DUI, nobody says anything about it because it's an Uso. You got a guy with this biggest angle, you bring him back with this this hot new character that's getting on this mainstream run, and then he gets popped for that, it doesn't matter if he's guilty or not. That's a huge black eye PR-wise. But didn't it kind of fit into his character? He gets popped in Mississippi <laughs> for a DUI. He is a redneck. I mean, that just adds to it, I think. Uh, I think that's part of maybe why it didn't happen. Like, I mean, oh, yeah, we I, meant to do that. I think basically what happened is, hey, this is getting mainstream publicity. Yeah, this is a bad thing, but it's still getting their name out there, and we've been on the news. So, so you think Swagger yeah. loses due to that? I, I don't know about that. I would think he would win without not being in the picture, but I don't know if he loses because of that. He might just lose because he's not really... Zeb Coulter's getting on the seat, and then Jack Swagger's just not... 
he's just not carrying the ball for him. He's, yeah, he's just not. I think Del Rio wins because I think this swagger thing is just not it's working. It's like Zeb Coulter in the manager, basically a good manager, he gets all you, this heat and the guy goes in the ring and it just happens and it gets put upon him. But I think Jack Swagger is not charismaless because I like him and I'm a fan of his. And I think he's a good wrestler, but he just doesn't. You can put his hair down on his face and he can make all the mean faces he wants, but it's just not believable that he's right. This he's guy, this guy's protege. You know, it's like we're you see the the managers from the '80s. You watch old WrestleMania. Uh, and you see a guy like Bobby the Brain Heenan, he gets the crowd all riled up, and then King Kong Bundy totally just brings it all onto himself. Whereas Jack Swagger, so Coulter's getting the crowd all riled up, and then Jack Swagger just kind of like sits there. I, th- I think Del Rio wins because I think the push for him to be a face continues, and I think that that is done more successfully with him beating Swagger and losing than with Ziggler coming out with the money in the I mean, bank. For a perfect example else. of how Jack Swagger's not carrying it, look at how Alberto Del Rio basically got over as a face because everybody liked Ricardo. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Then that worked for him. And look at even, like, AJ. Like, Dolph Ziggler, he's always been getting the heat for himself, and he was with Vicky. But, I mean, when she gets everybody angry and he kisses her, like, people get mad at him. Yeah. They don't just be like, ooh, we hate AJ. Whereas Jack Swagger, people are still just mad at Sam Coulter, and they're like, this guy is like, and, and Ziggler carried the, the Vicky thing for so exactly. long, too. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's just maybe it's not his fault because they haven't used managers and they're just now kind of starting to bring mm-hmm. them back. But in a guy like Del Rio is like a classical wrestler. He's, he's a second, third generation guy, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. And, and Dolph Ziggler is like a huge student of wrestling, whereas Jack Swagger, I think, is a guy who just did it because they signed him and he wasn't a fan or anything like that. Your thoughts? My thoughts. Um, I'm I'm going with Alberto Del Rio. Not one thing. Because a lot of times when I think of like winners, I do like think storyline aspects and everything. Yeah. And I think Alberto Del Rio is another example of a guy who who has yet to have a WrestleMania moment. I mean, he went up against Edge, and what I thought was going to be his WrestleMania moment. Yeah, but, but then, but that seemed early for him to that, have that, it at that point. point. But they, that's what they were but, doing with him at the time. They yeah, were the really, is, that was a really him. strong think about push. The Royal Rumble, though. He, this is what I, I, I was talking to Justin about. Is he was really over at the Royal Rumble, but yet two months later, when they went to WrestleMania, nobody could even have given a crap about him. Right, and I think that I don't know if that was the booking or what, because he seems like he's. He's at least he knows what to do to get over and stay over, regardless if I don't like his current character that he's doing. Mm-hmm. But he just lost all his heat in two months, and there's something wrong there. And I think you're right; he hasn't had a moment. But this is the first time he's ever actually sustained his momentum without just feeling like he was forced down our throats. Which ironically happened because he got the title out of nowhere, and it was like yeah. he just went with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, it was like he's doing this, we're shoving him, he's getting the title. And then the more they pushed it down people's throats, the less people cared. But then they're like, we just have to do something with the title because we don't have a good spot for it. Let's put it on Del Rio for a couple of weeks and see what happens. And he just went off like that. Went which crazy. shows, mm-hmm. just let these guys, put them in positions where they can do what they do and not force them down their throats. Well, I think one thing about Del Rio, why he's doing so good as a face, I mean, besides Ricardo. I mean, I think Ricardo was over when Del Rio was a heel. Just yeah. Like when, when he came out of Royal Rumble. Last year, yeah, in that car, he, yeah. everybody went nuts for mm-hmm. Like, I think, especially ever since that moment and some before that, especially also, he's the guy that does the, you know, Alberto, and, like, everybody loves, like, those kind of chants. Yeah. That they could, and when that's the guy doing it, yeah. that, like, that's who they're one they're going to get behind first. 
But with Del Rio, I, he's just a natural face. It's it's what he did in Mexico. It's like he he spent his whole life being a face. And but I, he was a really good heel. Yeah, he, I, once he, once he, he developed into it, his face. <laughs> Like, his actual face looks like a heel's face. I don't know how else to describe yeah, it. Yeah, he does. He was in a mask. It looks he looks like, like he should be a bad guy. Yeah. He looks like... It's not because we're racist. It's not... We're not saying Mexicans are bad, okay? No, no. <laughs> no, no because Ricardo looks yeah. like a really nice guy. Ricardo thinks he's a nice guy. Yeah. He just looks like the villain, like central casting. He's got he that, like it's that Mexican smirk. drug lord. He's just like, oh, yeah, with yeah. back hair. He's got that, that smirk that he gives off and then I, he gives you that wink. Yeah. I think he, he, he knows definitely how to be a face. Like I said, I, I was telling you guys, I just don't like his, like, he's like the Mexican Ricky Steamboat now. Like, he's just all like, yeah, come on, fans, and like this. Right. Like, if he would just be a guy that shut up and, like, kicked people's asses and then was, like, respectful, I think that would be a better face character for him. Well, I think that they're doing some of that with him having Ricardo and with Ricardo being yeah. so over like 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 Ricardo's transition was before so it was basically like oh, I'm your boss type thing you're gonna you're gonna do this you're gonna do that and they have he had the car but yeah. now, like, they took away the car and now it's like he looks after Ricardo like he's his friend and I mean they're trying to get that, that get that, that heart is straight. The aspect that I actually like but I don't like and he's like I'm I'm a hard worker I work hard I love the fans it's like no <laughs> no you look you sound so fake when you say that you still have a scarf all right uh, he says, you're not working he says I was born in Mexico but I may <laughs> if actually one thing I think about the scarf he still wore the scarf but if he pulled the Bret Hart which I wish people. More wrestlers would have something like some, put it on somebody, some bit of merchandise that they can just go out to a fan and go, "Oh, here you go." Because like, if you were one of those kids that got a Bret Hart shades, and like whether it be an event or a pay per view or a Raw, you you cherish that moment. And I think the only guy that does that now is Rey Mysterio, and he's not well, even really on the roster. Ever, ever since anymore. I said, ever since I started that last sentence, he's got injured twice. So <laughs> you need that guy, and I think Alberto is in that that place and if they would put um make a scarf because they make a bathrobe now for damien sandow yeah just, they can make a cheap scarf just That's drop true. that aspect of the character and I, and I would have a lot less problems with him <laughs> that's about it but yeah i think we all agree uh del rio and i would say ziggler's probably gonna cash in yeah mm -hmm. now's as good a time as any uh, I want to. I want to skip just because I want to. I figure that this match would be a quick. One to talk about so we can okay. get in time constraints here. Uh, Ryback versus Mark Henry. Does anybody care about this match? I love Mark Henry. I could care less about Ryback. I still don't want to see the match whatsoever. Mark Henry's only sweet when he's hurting Great Kali and Hornswoggle. And I mean, he was a great heel, but when he's not in the title picture, I don't really care about him. He needs to be the guy that like owns the title, and then it seems like it's impossible to beat him. Like I think Daniel Bryan really got over last year when he had his mm. cage match with Mark Henry, and they went like a half hour, and people he looked like he was going to win, and then Mark Henry was just unstoppable. I think what they should have done was just have that go to WrestleMania. I mean, I, it worked out fine in the end, but right. Mark Henry was hurt, so they had to do something. But he's a great monster heel. Ryback is... I still think of him as that goofy cowboy. Go, yup, yup, what to do? Yup, yup, what to do? So I'm not really <laughs> too excited for that. Yeah, I'll, I'll just throw out my prediction, and that's it's just Ryback. I, I think Ryback is the guy. If they're going to build a streak behind, I think it'll be it'll be him for right. Just for right now, just I, I, that'll I, be a guy that they they give him at least six or seven in a row and make a big deal. I out think of it. his his ship has sailed in that aspect, but he's still pretty over. I'm Ryback for sure. Just don't. Don't give him a mic. That's all I, all I can say. I, this the only way 
this match is slightly impressive is if Ryback does get the shell shock on Mark Henry. Just from a standpoint of, holy hell, he just looked at that huge man up there. I just, the only thing I'm going to add about this match is I don't know if it's a good idea to take the build from Triple H, Scott Steiner, because if this turns out like that, then it's going to be one of the worst matches. Oh, this is, I think Maybe this, this is will bad. be the squash match. One of, like, I think it is. I think Mark Henry's going to come out and be snarling at the crowd. Ryback's going to come behind him, put him in a shell shock as well. Yeah, fair enough. Um, moving on, moving on <laughs> like we said. Uh, well, uh, let's talk about the next big, the six-man tag match then. All right. Um, Seamus, Randy Orton, Big this, Show, The this Shield. This has become such an afterthought, and it's almost I feel bad for The Shield. If you would have said, like, before, these guys would be fight, facing Seamus, Randy Orton, The Big Show, who three of, regardless of what you could say about them, are, like, three of the WWE's favorite guys. You know? Right, mm-hmm. You would think it'd be a big deal, but I don't think anybody cares about this match. I might be wrong, but it's I forget it's even on the card until I watch Raw and they show the ad for it. But I'm going to say Shield has to win. It's, it's, it's been building the more. It's become bigger lately now because they put Big Show into it. Before, when it was Sheamus, Randy Orton, and Ryback versus the Shield, it's like, all right, we're just interchanging guys, this or that. But I mean, then the I fact like that the you had the rivalry. Like the, guy, the guy that's a heel is going to team up with these guys because he doesn't exactly. like these guys even more. Like, right. And, and they need. Enemy to, of my enemy is my friend. And they need to put a, an effective. And I think, the, I think the Shield thing may have ran its course at this point. If it has, it's just because he put them with these guys and nobody really. I mean. The average fan cares about him, but I don't know anybody that's like really like I would like a to see hardcore him. fan that's like, man, I love Sheamus or even Randy Orton. It's I like, like Randy Orton. The ladies Randy Orton love fan. Randy Orton. Really? I like Randy Orton. My name <laughs> is Randy Orton. I think Randy Orton's time. character is. I mean, he was really good a couple of years ago, but he hasn't. Nothing has happened with his character whatsoever in the last. Yeah, years. that's the unfortunate part of things. Yeah, he can't talk, but don't make him. When he was creepy snake guy, that it's was awesome. The best he ever was. Yeah, from from the shield standpoint. You don't think? No, creepy snake guy. I think I'm a snake. Oh, well, <laughs> I, think of a not... <laughs> I was like, whoa. All right. <laughs> I mean, like athletic Jake the Snake Roberts who can't talk. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. His character basically was from the shield standpoint. I want to see what Roman Reigns can do. Like, I just don't want the shield anymore. I want to see this guy. I, I think Seth Rollins, I will admit, he has done way better than I expected him to because he was probably the worst promo on earth when he was the ROH champion. Yeah. And his voice was high and annoying, and he had a lisp, and he couldn't put two words together to save his life. He, he just sounded like a joke and he was going up against Austin Aries and the guy was bearing him on the mic and for Ring of Honor, like Austin Aries has WWE top of the, he's got amazing mic skills. I know he's in TNA, but most guys in ROH have no mic skills whatsoever. So he was already embarrassing other guys, but he's done all right for himself on the mic. I mean, he can wrestle. He's put on some muscle so he doesn't look like a little bobblehead guy anymore like he did yeah. for a while. So I will say Seth Rollins, uh, totally Tyler Black from ROH is. I was super impressed. I thought he was never going to work out in WWE, and he's like their high flying guy that everybody's like, ooh, when he does his moves. So I think I think this is the match the Shield finally loses, and maybe we can dissolve them. I think Shield's not losing to Extreme Rules. Uh, I'm going to go with with the Shield on this one. 
He's either one. It's funny because like you mentioned uh, Reigns, you mentioned Rollins. I'm I'm a I'm an Ambrose guy. I, yeah, Ambrose. <clears throat> like, like too. Well, I've had we've had the conversation. I believe he's the next Brian Pillman, as in on the mic and some of his just his traits of just like the way he just even looks. Yeah, like, the way he like looks into a and the camera. way he actually talks too. And he's got like this weird kind of accent. I feel like that's mm-hmm. his own. It's I've always said a mix between Brian Pillman and the Joker. He's more like sure. As in, more, uh, yeah. As in, he plays like Joker. Waylon Mercy, but that's just something nobody will get the reference yeah. to. That. I get it. <laughs> that's what his accent's like. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, I mean, he's a he's a on the mic and personality standpoint, he's a pretty dynamic heel. But again, I think that just goes back to that's why I think the Shield finally needs to lose. They need to dissolve this thing because I think you're at the point where if not all three of these guys, at least two of these three, are ready for a. a Big singles kind of. Push. I just don't see the space for it now. I think they're dragging the shield out probably to SummerSlam. Wait for some people to get hurt, throw them out there. Yeah, till they need them. Sure. Mm-hmm. They're working good enough like this. Why? Why? Well, that, it's the WWE. They don't move things along when they run their course. They well, keep them going until there's so absolutely nothing they can get out of it, and then see, do it for four more. Months. See John Cena. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like we were saying about. Hell no. They, they're getting up again, but they kind of lost steam a while ago. Well, I'll let you take the next pick between two matches, Chris Clem, because each one features one of your favorite wrestlers of all time. <laughs> so we can hear There's talk. three matches left. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But there's only two I'm going to let you choose. Right. Well, I guess I actually all three of them have one of your favorite wrestlers <laughs> of all time. I'm being sarcastic here. But let's not talk about the championship match. Okay. We'll save that. We'll, we'll save that. Uh, what do you you want the Undertaker or Triple H match? Let's go Undertaker because I won't get as angry talking. All right, Undertaker. <laughs> it's easy to say Undertaker wins. Undertaker CM Punk. But let me throw this out here for Undertaker CM Punk. This is going to sound horrible, but Paul Bear's death could not have come at a better time from a promotional standpoint. Telling me this match went from being dead in the water to people really looking forward to it just because Paul Bearer died. And and CM Punk is a great heel when yeah. he does things, you know, like taking the urn and doing all that. He's, but, he's so much better as a heel than he is as a babyface because he's such a disrespectful. Oh, he's just a like, jackass. Everything about him in interviews and in stuff that's not on camera, it just comes off on, on Twitter is so unlikable mm-hmm. that it's like, how was he a babyface for that? He was mm-hmm. only a babyface because he wasn't John Cena, was right. basically it. Which is, that's why I was cheering for him, but he's such a better heel because he's just such a snotty, disrespectful punk. He is a punk. I, I think with, with, I mean, why punk was so big, is, it wasn't just because he wasn't Cena. It was because of when he got on that stage in Las Vegas and he said what he said, that got so much buzz for a lot of people, like people just getting interested in him. Like It was fans like me. Yeah, some of you guys like, but thing is, I always say about Punk, I liked him before that. That died, but that was like, that, oh my god, that died after he met up with Triple H. There's no denying that that all that momentum disappeared when he lost to Triple H, and Triple H was a babyface and he was the heel, and they still wouldn't go with that. They had to rebuild him back up to get him back to be the guy that held the title for so long, babyface. So yeah, you're right. That's what really got people to look at him in that light. But then they totally ruined that anyway. So. 
I, I mean, which goes to my next point. We'll talk about our next. Match. It's not Triple H ruins everything. <laughs> but it's just, just not. I, I mean, I like. I, I you know, this is going to be a good match. I think because, like I said earlier, CM Punk has been part of two of the best matches on Raw in a long time. No, it's good. CM Punk, even though I, it's not. He Undertaker said, he said "Don't look for this to be a good match." Uh, the dude is definitely going to bring everything he's got at WrestleMania because regardless of how he feels against these guys like The Undertaker working with them and that he's on the third spot. I mean, this is a dude who two years ago when he was floundering, floundering with the new Nexus gimmick that was going nowhere, still thought he should be the main event of WrestleMania. Right. After this last year, you don't think he's really got a chip on his shoulder? But I think Because he actually was the hottest act for the last year. And this is the first time he can honestly say, wait, I should be the main event. And he's been saying that every year of his career, and he's usually not close to being right. But this year, he is right, and he's still in the probably from the his, third from, biggest from his, match on the card. Yeah, but from his standpoint, this always... The last few years, the Undertaker match has been almost the is the main mm-hmm. event. I mean, if you're not going to be in the main event, the championship match, so what? You want to give me one other match? All right, I'm not the champion or I'm not going to fight for the championship. This is the match I want yeah. because everybody's going to pay attention to it, especially after the last however many years when they have just exceeded expectations. I mean, you give Undertaker Triple H two last year. Three. Three, yeah. And you're like, ah, this isn't. Can this really be any better than anything else? Come on, we saw this already. Well, the and it first, was, the, the second I mean, the best one yet. at WrestleMania 27, I thought it was going to be the, the shits. And it ended up being good. And I was like, wow. I yeah. didn't think either of those guys had that in them. I thought his last match with Shawn Michaels was is, is it for The Undertaker. thought that was as good as it was going to be. It was going to be basically <laughs> yeah. a gimmick, like Great Khali, and just come out there and squash somebody. And that's about all that's left for his career. Because he looked like he could even walk. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna say that I do think uh, Undertaker is gonna win, I, but I do think Punk has like just looking at it, he's had the best shot in my mind to actually win the match. To be the, the guy they let beat the street. Talking about yeah. it being a possibility. Yeah, like even even if it's just like the minuscule fraction that like he's better than the last maybe six years. I would say this is the first time I thought anybody would beat him since they built up an actual streak. Yeah. Since, like, WrestleMania 21 was the first time I can remember them really talking about it being a streak. That was, yeah, or maybe 18. Yeah, I was wrong. It was, it was 18, because that's the only one I think they first Because I think the first time playing. I heard anybody say it was JR said, believe it or not, The Undertaker's undefeated at WrestleMania during WrestleMania 17, but it wasn't, like, a selling point or anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when they realized, oh, wait, he's undefeated at WrestleMania. I, uh, and, but the only thing that you're going to hate me for is... I think next year, if Punk does not beat him next year, we're going to see Undertaker versus John Cena. That's fine, man. I got a 45-minute piss break. And then when John Cena wins, oh, you'll be mad. That'll be terrible. If he's going to lose, he honestly should not be losing to anyone. That's my opinion. If he should lose, he shouldn't lose to anybody? If he should lose, pause, different train of thought, he shouldn't lose to anybody. So he shouldn't lose. But I'm, I'm going to go with The Undertaker. because If he should well, lose, he should not lose to John Cena. Uh, How about that? <laughs> Let's not even argue about WrestleMania 30 at this point. I, but you know, I've always said, like, if like Undertaker's an old-school mentality guy. He, if he's going to go out retirement, he's going out on his back. And it's probably going to be a WrestleMania. Don't speak for him. You don't know him. <laughs> That's what like, anybody can tell you. But, but the only thing is, is, well, he has said in interviews before he, would, he won the streak gone a long time ago. 
it's not even up to him at this point. But, but that's, this isn't but, like him. But that is the, the other point. Telling Shawn Michaels, you better do your job. Yeah, he's told. But that's is that is his mentality. So when Vince McMahon says there's no way you're losing anybody, he's going to say okay. But I would say that is the other point of it. It's Vince McMahon. I want He's to see, not losing. I want the Undertaker. I just want him. If you're going to bring back the urn and this whole thing with Paul Bear and everything, stop wearing the stupid spandex. I want to see the old oh, school yeah, yeah. outfit For one more time. I don't at think least they can tell him what to wear. Not but to there wear is, anymore. But, He's going to wear what he feels. But like. there is not a more perfect time to do that than you're paying homage to this guy who died. If you're going to bring the urn back, do everything else. Do it. That's it. That's all I want to say about that all match. Right. Don't dress like Shredder. Yeah. All right. No holds bar. Brock Lesnar and uh, the anomaly. As I don't remember them ever calling him that. They call Triple H that? No. They call Brock Lesnar that now. When? As of three weeks ago. Okay. Uh, and, and Triple H. You know, he was the next big thing, but that was ten years ago. Here's my only thing I really want to say is that if you have Brock Lesnar lose, you just – Pissed away the $25 million, whatever ridiculous amount you paid for him to come back to WWE. Has he won yet since they brought him back? Yes. I couldn't remember. Who did he beat? Triple H. Oh, that's right. He did beat Triple that's H. Because then so he broke his arm there. Into Triple H. Great. Um, here's the thing. This just shows that it's Vincent Mann and Triple H's little power trip. Oh, pissing all over Brock Lesnar. Because there's no way you can just suspend your disbelief even a fraction of the time long enough to believe the Triple H would have a chance in hell of beating Brock Lesnar. What is Triple H even going to retire from? The guy already doesn't yeah, wrestle. Re- wrestling at three shows a year. Yeah. He's going to retire from derailing people's momentum. Uh, I mean, I guess I would have rather seen Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. Me too. Yeah. I thought that would have been great. Brock Lesnar is the same guy that threw a couch at the Miz and like legitimately almost almost hit him. Yeah, he did Brock Lesnar. Well, Brock Lesnar in the ring with Undertaker. Undertaker will lose because he'll be dead. Yeah, well, he definitely know, doesn't know the meaning of uh, pull your punches, so to speak. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, why like Miz, that match. He threw no. the thing at him, and then it knocked him over, and then he threw the office chair, and it. Him right. I had to rewind it like four times. Yeah. You're right. He's doing it to a guy that's relatively healthy in his early 30s in the Miz. That's one thing. He does it to a guy in his late 40s that can barely walk, and it's over. But at least that match people would be excited for. One, Brock Lesnar Triple H, I've seen it before. I didn't care about it the first time. Two, this is just more, it's like Triple H, people are like, oh, Triple H is in charge. Things are going to be better. This is what we have to see when Triple H is in charge. Him coming out of retirement like Fritz von Eric and being the hero every single time. He's going to run this promotion like Dusty Rhodes, like Fritz von Eric, like uh, Vern Gagne, and he's going to keep coming out when he's 60, and everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, it's Triple H. Everybody run. And I, I can see it happening now. He is that old school. He's old school enough that he's going to keep – Putting himself on top, regardless of how old or part-time. Yeah, it just seems like there's nothing you brought Brock Lesnar back for at this point, except a feud with Triple H. Yeah. It's and just to prove, oh, the WWE's better than UFC. Oh. I mean, I don't, I just don't get it, I guess. Well, you know Brock does have two more years, right? He did, he did the, re-sign for two, like, so it's basically, he will be next two WrestleManias, too. That, so exactly. He's, he's so, definitely not gone. So and he will have more matches. If they do have him lose, that's even stupider. See, I actually think um, Brock Lesnar for the first. If they sign him for the first year, they should have not. He should not have even looked like he could even be touched until WrestleMania. Let alone lose matches on the way, building up to that. 
they've totally dropped the ball with him completely. You pay all this money for a guy. The heat that he had the day after WrestleMania when he come back is almost entirely yeah. gone. He comes back and F5's John Cena the day after WrestleMania, and then now you're nothing. That I mean, should be built. They dropped the ball, I think. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. And anything with Triple H, I'm sorry. It's just not working for me. There's a reason why Chris Jericho is willing to put over anybody and Triple H is willing to put over nobody. And it's because Chris Jericho has actual talent and Triple H doesn't. He's just a good politicker. That's a part of that. I hate, I hate like, agree with it, but that's like a part of wrestling. It is a part of wrestling, you, you, but I don't have to like it. You talk to like anybody in the business, whether they be independent or pro, that like the nightmares of the politics stories that go Trust on me, of man. anybody. First of all, let's not even bring up independence because most independent politics that I have seen firsthand is complete bullshit between people that don't know anything and never will know anything. I'm not talking like higher level stuff. Mm-hmm. But the majority of independent wrestling politics is stupid bullshit. It's like basically nothing higher than politicking between your bowling league uh, on the grand scheme of things. But you're right. It is all about that. And Triple H is the greatest the greatest politicker of all time. But that doesn't mean I have to like it or be a fan of it. Just because it happens doesn't mean I have to accept it and be like, great, that's awesome. Oh, he's great at politicking, so I guess everybody politics are just accepted. The fact of the matter is, nobody in the history of wrestling has made me stop watching before, except Triple H. I stopped watching for almost eight years because I could not stand seeing that guy on television anymore. And I am a huge fan. And that guy made me turn it off. So, no, I'm not going to just accept any politics. Triple it's, H sucks. Triple H is the worst thing to happen to WWE in history. And that's my All opinion. right, so just to save time so we can move on from <laughs> cover the last match and maybe a couple other things. Real quick, who is winning this match? I actually think Triple H is going to win. Triple H is going to win. Brock Lesnar. You think Lesnar? There's I no think, chance. I think they let Triple H win after I, losing I actually, The Undertaker I the last actually, couple of years. Here's the way I look Everything at you it. said just is more proof that he's going to win. No, it's you look at it like this. Triple H can like he can lose and like lose his career, but like any other thing in wrestling, but like but like anything in wrestling, he's just going to come back. Yeah, exactly. He's still but, but he'll he could still lose this match. But personally, I think he will back away from wrestling. I sure hope so. It's gonna have you know kids and the kids. thing is is Triple H. I'm not even talking about anything behind the scenes because if I knew there was a, like he could never ever he would ever be an entering competitor. You know what? He might make some good decisions. But as long as he's still got a chance to be like, well, you know what we got to do, Vince? we got to bring me back out there and show him how it's done. You know, regardless if he stays behind the scenes for two years, two years from now, like I said, he's going to be like Vern Gagne, and he's going to go over the 27-year-old. What? Mr. Vern Gagne. (laughs) He's going to be 60 and go out there and clear the ring of a bunch of young guys, and everybody's going to be cowering in fear of him. I'm just... All right. Uh, like to, Vince McMahon? Exactly. Yeah, it worse exactly. because Vince McMahon was never an active full-time wrestler. Right. And Vince McMahon Vince has McMahon, Vince McMahon got bitch slapped on national television by Bret Hart. That was fantastic. <laughs> I don't know when, when people started getting scared of him. but Vince McMahon, well, when he stopped being, oh, my, what a maneuver. When he started, like, started, started, when he started with the power walk. WrestleMania. Oh, oh, macho man, you know what to say. Oh my god, he did a movie. Alright. Michael's with the cover. The worst announcer this Oh, time. I thought it was over right there. <laughs> oh, one, two, two three. No, no. no. It's like every time a, a, a baseball 
is hit into the air. Tom Hamilton makes you think it's going to be a home run. That's Vince McMahon. Every time there's a cover, every time time there's a move or a cover, Vince McMahon announces, like, oh, it's over. This is the end. Uh, All right, main event. The Rock versus John Cena. Once again in our lifetime. Uh, yeah, once, well, some people were just born <laughs> in the last year. That's the first time in their lifetime. They're just marketing this match to, to, to young infants. And last year's match was for people who died. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Cena wins. <laughs> what else is there? I think, no, yeah, I think he does. There's no wiggle room last year. Because it's the only way you can bring John Cena I will, back. I will admit, last year, I thought there was no chance in hell The Rock was going to win. In Miami, he you thought he loses. Which means the odds are super... Like, those odds were maybe one hundredth of a percent. Just multiply that to the three thousandth power, and that's the odds that he's going to win. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, I think Cena wins this one just because of the fact that, and you know, The Rock's got to leave again. Yeah. The guy barely wrestles now. He barely appears on Raw, and he's your brand's champion. Uh, John, yeah, and, and the way you look at the breakdown every time, they do it. Remember last year, The Rock would just shred John Cena and rip him apart on the mic. Now when he does it, he does it, but in a favorable way, it's possible. Like, he always sneaks in a compliment or two. And I feel like that's their way of yeah, doing like, oh, you know what? All like, these people that hated John Cena, this is how we get them to Pebbles, like him again. this, 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 this. And now it's like, you know, you're tough, John Cena. And then he goes yeah, that mm, stuff. Yeah, like, there was nobody else The Rock wanted to face. You took me to you. my limit, but then you're still this. Whereas before, none of that happened. Right, yeah. And it's like, you know, the fact that there's nobody as passionate about wrestling except for John Cena, as far as The Rock's concerned. As, as far as so, the WWE is concerned. Yeah. And, and hopefully... John Cena wins his match, gets his life back on track, you know. And there's apparently he gets what, remarried what? back to his wife <laughs> because that was the reason he got divorced was because he lost to The Rock in it a fake wrestling his match. Constant cheating with divas. Yeah, the belt. Or porn stars. Porn stars. Yeah, oh, that, that's my, I don't uh, believe that. I think that was my internet connection dying. He's, if he was going to be with the porn star, I don't think it'd be like an average-looking milf actress, so to speak. You never know. You never yeah. know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Yeah. yeah. He could be banging Bertha Fay in the back. No one knows. Isn't she dead? Yeah, she is dead. Okay, that'd be really, that'd be really bad. Oh, I want to say while we're still, I think about this. Have you guys noticed when Mae Young came out on Old School Raw? Do you notice who stood right next to her when she blew out the candles on her cake? Mark Henry. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> that just made me happy. It'd be only, it'd be only funnier if Han was there. Yeah, I'm grown up now. But uh, going back to the match real quick. I, I do agree, John. If you're going to have the one match last year, and we're going to have this match now. It's you got to have it. You got to have Cena win. I think they're they are building for a third match. I don't think it'll be a next year's Mania. I think I it'll be. Not. I think it'll be between now and SummerSlam. And supposedly, Rock is scheduled for Extreme Rules. So if he loses here, rematch clause and whatever. But one thing I do want to throw out, and I've said before, you have this match, uh, Punk Taker, and Brock Lesnar Triple H. I think those three matches. Everybody says they, they know the winner. It's too predictable. We're getting repeats, blah, 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 blah. I think one of these matches is going to have a surprise ending. The only one that even could have a possibility of that is Brock Lesnar Triple H. The only one that even would have a possibility. 
Vince Russo is not looking for that anymore. There's no need for them to swerve. Of course there's not. There's not a something on a pole match. Definitely not booking anymore. I, I will say, being there live and watching the Undertaker Triple H match last year, that was the first time that I actually thought. I didn't. And to be fair, I actually... It that, was brief. That was the match I went to the bathroom during. Yes, it was. You can back me But it was a good match. It ended up being a fantastic match with everything involved, with Shawn Michaels involved. And in watching it, I mean, it was that point. Sometimes they're getting back to... I, I hope that these matches, at least in watching them, don't come off so predictable. You know, I, I, I slowly see they the WWE the getting back to that. You in, know? in the match itself, you'll be able to suspend your disbelief and get into it. But if you just look at the card on the outside and you're not watching the event... It's still. I still think it's very predictable. They're all good wrestlers. They're all talented. They know how to do what they're doing, and they'll make you buy into the near falls, and you'll you'll get into yeah. it. But I still don't think the results will be any different. I mean, but quite frankly, a couple of years he's ago, seen a good wrestler. I never said he was a bad wrestler. I, he's here's Cena's problem. <laughs> the guy pulled out. He does all the little things wrong. John Cena can do a lot more moves than any guy that his size before is done. He's athletic for a guy that looks like he's going to break his knees when he runs. He's pretty athletic. But this is why I don't like Cena as a wrestler. Because you, you guy, can't see him? Well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you got perfect example. This is from Raw a few years ago, and this is why I said it. I will never appreciate Cena's wrestling ability whatsoever. He's outside the ring doing the 10 count. One, two, you know, three. Usually a guy starts seven. He starts slowly dragging himself and making his way to the ring, and then just barely getting in at the time. Nine! Cena leaps up, runs into the ring, after he was incapacitated for nine that seconds. That was the Cena-Punk match. That, that's, that's, yeah. that just shows... But then he, he did just lay there it. for a while. He doesn't get it. He just lay... He's like, okay, so I'm out. So that means... Uh, and he's been wrestling for how long? He's been pushing the top guy. I got nine seconds. And then what? He just leaps up and then runs into the ring. How is that supposed to get me to believe in any of the story in the match? It just doesn't. Whereas every other guy on the roster, not every other guy, but he's the only guy that anybody would ever compliment. He just does all the little things wrong, like that take you out of the match. He did pull off. A sort of her karate. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He, he at least tried. I'll, that I'll was impressive. The fact that he did that, a standing one at that's that. That's what I'm saying. He's surprisingly athletic, and he does. He knows a lot of moves. He just does the little things. Yeah. Where CM Punk is not athletic, has a hard time doing even some basic moves, but he does all the little things right. And I'd much rather watch a guy who does all the little things right than a guy who does all the little things wrong, because those are what takes you in or out of the match. He does make that knee to the face in the corner look fantastic. No, that, yeah, he's, I'm not saying all <laughs> no, the things but, Punk does, but I'm just, just saying for, for a guy that's been pushed on top, he's really like, I know a lot of people disagree, but I'm talking like basic things like athleticism. He's, he's really just not athletic yeah. at all. Absolutely. He's just like a guy that really trained and he's gotten to this point. But whereas a guy like Daniel Bryan is a great natural athlete, and you can tell by how crisp everything he pulls off. And CM Punk just isn't. He's uncoordinated. He's gotten like no vertical. I mean, obviously he works out, but uh, that's just cosmetically speaking. He's 
skinny fat, whatever Triple H called him. Skinny fat ass. But he really just isn't that athletic. He just looks awkward doing everything. Yeah. But he knows how to do it, and you believe what he does because he does all the little things right, whether it's just holding uh, a submission hold or the way he moves or the way he reverses things. And I, like I said, I'd much rather, I have more respect for those kind of guy who gets the little things and guy who gets the big things. So when he comes out of it, what gets you out of a match? Like, obviously, you, you see the big moves and you enjoy it. But when a guy messes up something really little, you're like, ugh. Right. Like that. That, it, that sticks out more to me, I think. So Whereas when, if he struggles to pick a guy up, you're like, wow, that guy is really, really big. I, I mean, wow, I can't even believe it. Whereas, like, when he messes up a little thing, the big things add to the match. The little things take it out. We all pretty much agree Cena's coming out on this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. We can't see him. That's right. <laughs> can't see him losing. And this once again a lifetime match. <laughs> uh okay. tell the third one. Yeah, let's kinda of wrap this one up here. Um All right. WrestleMania itself, as far as the pushes, everything going into it. Is there one thing you really want to see out of WrestleMania as a whole? And from when it's done, I mean, you know, that next night on Raw on Monday night, is there one thing you're gonna look forward to that you you're hoping you know, kind of leads in from WrestleMania. What you got here? Uh, last year, they couldn't have followed up WrestleMania any better than they did, and it still ended up falling apart. But that was probably the best Raw after WrestleMania I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. The way Lesnar came out and all that. I don't have any idea what they could possibly do to match that, but it's not necessarily in the world because, like I said, they kind of dropped the ball on Lesnar by having him lose to Cena immediately. But I just want to see... It's predictable. I just want to see the matches actually be, be really good. And the next night on Raw, they really establish a new direction because The Rock, Undertaker, Triple H, Brock Lesnar, Chris Jericho, they're all not going to be around very much. I want to see them just step, put a direction that will keep me watching over the summer instead of just tuning out and then waiting till SummerSlam and then tuning out and waiting till Royal Rumble. Um, well, the only thing that I want to see really come out of WrestleMania is something that I've just talked about since December. And that is for my boy to cash in money in the bank <laughs> at WrestleMania. You kept that zipped up the whole time. <laughs> no, because if anyone watching the video portion, I'm wearing pink, they're wearing black. So it just, uh, this is blue, oh. dark blue, brother. Yeah. Well, it's still Whatever dark, it dark. You decide to do pink. that. Pink. <laughs> I uh, I do think as far as a, new, <laughs> a, a directional standpoint, this does seem like a WrestleMania where you have built up and everything just needs to end yeah. at this. Mm -hmm. There should be nothing that drags it out. It might the, be the very Monday predictable, after. but it is it is one where it just seems like this really is the end. This needs to be done. Yeah. Like I said, the only thing I think that, that's part of why I'm going back to the Shield. That's why I thought they were maybe going to lose because everything else lines up because there's a new beginning. Everything starting. Fandango. This is his first time. You know, Jericho's going to put him over, or whatever. It, it, you're going to get something out of him for that. Yeah. Uh, so I just think the Shield, same thing. Finally, let's just end this. We're good. Triple H, end this stupid Brock Lesnar thing. Get out of here. Yeah. Even though we'll probably, I still think we're going to see Rock Cena too. I mean, that, if they, if, but if they do, don't do like, let's do another year later. Right. Especially doing the next slam, they can make it interesting. Well, well, like I said, supposedly Rock Cena is booked for Extreme Rules. First, he was advertised for tickets. Friend of mine in uh, St. Louis, like, confirmed. He's like, yeah, he was on the commercials. And then, like, two weeks later, it was confirmed he's going to be there. 
So that if they end it there, I'll be perfectly fine I'd with rather, that. I'd rather see The Rock wrestle somebody else besides John Cena. He's probably my favorite match since he came back was him and Cena versus R Truth and Miz, but that's also because I love those guys. So. See him wrestle on Raw finally. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing is it's falling short. Like what's going to fall short? I think thirty is going. They're going to try to have like big matches because it's it's the round number. It's the the ten, right. the twenty, the thirty. I'm still upset they're not going to be at Madison Square Garden. But you can't now that you you are. I know that. I, it's, that <laughs> it's like it's it's gone. a stupid idea. Yeah. Um, I, I do prefer it in arenas because I think uh, the noise does so much better because it just pipes right into the well, ring. Well, you can hear the noise when you're there and then you go home and people are like, oh, wow, the crowd sucked. And I'm like, well, you obviously were watching a different yeah. show because the crowd was unglued. Like WrestleMania 27, they said the crowd sucked. I'm like, that place was coming unglued like match after match. So that was in a dome. Yeah, but it's still... The, but, I mean, you get the, the arenas that are so much smaller. The too, though, is that yeah, very top true. didn't even have seats on it. Yeah. Went to the dome. So I think, like, I, I understand why they're basically doing this right now because it's a money thing. Like, you, why, why make $2 million when you can make twenty? No, when you watch it on TV, you watch it on the arena, it's like, okay. Like, watching old WrestleManias, because last year I watched all of them on the mm-hmm. build-up, it's like, yeah, okay, it might be slightly louder, but... Watching them in an arena is amazing. You see them come out like WrestleMania 17 was like one of the first of the new era arena shows. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, the Sky Dome, WrestleMania 6, mm-hmm. whoa, WrestleMania 3. And then you watch WrestleMania 12 and it's like, they're in Anaheim. WrestleMania 15, they're in Anaheim again. It just, but you it did have 13,000 people. It's not even a big arena. I'm just like, but WrestleMania 18 in the Sky Dome. Yeah. Was pretty fantastic. What about, that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah, like that's a, a big dome. one. Even about, the one where they had Safeco Field was awesome. What they about nine? Another baseball stadium. Nine. How was the reaction on nine? Nine was cool. Because even nine, I mean, it wasn't. But it's really movie. small. Actually, it's probably only like five thousand people there. I mean, it doesn't even look like there's that many. It's mm-hmm. like one row of bleachers, some people on the sides. But that was also the first WrestleMania I saw as a kid, so I always had a soft spot for it. I love when Hogan ducked the salt. Now when I watch it, it's like the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> Do we have any um, any final thoughts about uh, this? Are we going to do the WrestleMania MVP? Or? You, that could be part of your thought. Okay. I was thinking. This is going to be unpopular because I would not make him the WWE MVP or the build-up MVP, but The Rock is going to be the WrestleMania MVP again for single-handedly selling 300 more copies. 300,000 <laughs> more buys. But I still don't like the match, and I don't care for it. I just want the Miz to not be on the pre-shot. As long as he's on the actual card, <laughs> I'll be happy with WrestleMania. Um, I think it's a toss between Rock, Cena, and I think Brock Lesnar. I think those are just just some marquee names, especially with Rock and Brock. Yeah, they, they're doing a great job. As much as people like supposedly CM Punk and Dolph Ziggler and most of the guys in the locker room based on interviews and rumors – Punk said the only guy who likes having these guys back is The Miz, and that's just because he's a suck-up or whatever in an interview, <laughs> which I don't know. The Miz is kind of like the biggest rock mark that's ever become a wrestler. Right. <laughs> like when he portrayed The Rock and he yes. came out, he had his walk down perfectly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was The Rock until mm-hmm. they actually went up to him. So I could see that guy actually being like pumped like a kid. Like if I was a wrestler – and Macho Man was like on the card or something, and he was still alive. I probably, <laughs> and people were bitching, I'd be like so excited. And I probably wouldn't want to tell people, I'd be like, man, I'm Macho, or Booker T. I'd be like, oh, oh God. T, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I think I, I like actually the quote that I just read from Dolph Ziggler today was like he was like he hated on he's like I hate it but I do understand the business aspect of it. I, he's, I, like, he's like I don't approve of this but it's it's business it's making us money. I, so and I want to be like ripping on the guys who entertain me week after week. But if CM Punk was a big enough star to pop the buy rate, you know he would be in that event. And maybe it's their fault for booking him in that position. But either way, you can't argue the fact that these guys are actually selling. Like, okay, you're still making more money because you're going to get a bigger payout because you're selling 300, 400,000 more views. I think it's the the evolution of of WrestleMania. WrestleMania has just evolved year after year in new ways. And we're we're in in an era where I think right around the beginning of where John Cena started. Like, when he started getting big, I think one of the reasons why is because all these stars left or died. Yeah. Right. And it was like people that they they could help build towards. So when you had... Some of the people who left now coming back, it's like I'm like I'm not 100 percent for it, but I, like like Dolph said, I, I do. I've always understood the aspect, of reason of it, and I think that adds to WrestleMania. If like Undertaker's done after next year, I still think Rock and Brock, if they continue doing contracts, with them, for a yeah, long they, they could be part timers just going into like WrestleMania to help tickets to where it can get that transition away. Because I know a lot of people who love the streak, and they're like, oh, it's so great, but I think now you're going to take that away. But now it's like you're guaranteed Rock and Brock. Yeah. At least five more. Years. I just want to know if at WrestleMania two, Hillbilly Jim and Iron Sheik were bitching that they had to share the stage with NFL players. Because <laughs> if that's the case, then all right, then they got a precedent. But <laughs> I, no refrigerator, Perry. I think I think you're. Uh, I have two MVPs. I think the guys that are really going to end up shining at this WrestleMania. A CM Punk. I think he does. I think this is a match where. Because we said, you have an opportunity, you think he might actually win this thing. And I think he is just going to do a phenomenal job with it. And then I think that's going to roll over into Monday. He's going to be like, look, I'm done with The Undertaker or whatever. Yeah. I almost beat him. You know, whatever the point may be. And he goes out and, and proves the point, does something else. But I, I just think that that match is going to be so good that it's going to be one of those ones, just from his standpoint, that people talk about for yeah. a while. The other one, I think, is, is Dolph Ziggler. I, I just something's going to happen. For me, I would have actually loved to see if The Dolph Undertaker and Dolph Ziggler. In, that would be awesome. Nobody right. would buy that. That's why, that's why. Undertaker I think, versus Dolph Ziggler. Oh, I would. Nobody would that buy that. I thought that would have been Dolph amazing Dolph Ziggler's match. lost. It would be, but he's lost way too much over the last a guy, year. A guy to, for a guy that. Uh, they did just, the typical Money in the Bank booking. like A guy that sells. Every, nobody every sells. It doesn't matter. Getting hit like, uh, like Ziggler. I love it. Dolph Ziggler Dolph. is one of my favorites, but he just hasn't won enough to, so, to put him right, with to be Undertaker. There. It's just not. You're not looking at like us or internet fans or, or people from this area or whatever. Any reason they really like Dolph Ziggler. They're a big fan of like his actual wrestling ability. You're looking at the people who maybe buy one pay-per-view a year. And sure. They're going to be like Dolph Ziggler. When Who's I watched Raw a couple months ago, he just got crushed by... Uh, John Cena or whatever, they're not going to buy him as beating the Undertaker. But I, I still think <laughs> it still matters. I still I, think he comes out bigger after this WrestleMania. Oh, I agree. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler goes against Undertaker. He puts him in the tombstone. Dolph Ziggler dies. He sells that heart. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That would absolutely. be awesome to absolutely. see. <laughs> I mean, he would. The like, Raw the next night will be in memory of Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> it would honestly. It, he would be the only person that could come close to his WrestleMania 25 match with HBK because Undertaker's slower now, but Dolph Ziggler is more athletic than HBK. And he could just make point. it seem and so great. Seem That's what like I'm saying. That. Just from an yeah, actual yeah. entertainment standpoint. I, I dude, I agree. If I'm just picking the card, who I want to see, uh, none of these matches would be right. Chris Jericho versus The Miz would be my match. Probably 
Uh, well, I would keep Mark Henry and Ryback. There. <laughs> Booker, Booker T versus Triple H getting the yes. revenge for SummerSlam. Yeah, it's going to be you called me the N-word match, and yet I still <laughs> lost the championship at WrestleMania 19. With special guest referee Hulk Hogan. <laughs> no, get him out of here. Just, my, my final thought is that, look. The big show versus the fate. Certain right? things have happened in WWE before <laughs> where you're like, wait, is that really real? Does that really happen? Yeah. And and I will say oh. this final thing. Paul Bear, I just have to say one more time, there is still a bit of me that sits here and thinks, this guy might show up at WrestleMania. <laughs> I know it's not going to be the case, but it's just it's just so weird how that all works yeah. out. That- what I think what would be a funny ending to that match, but I, I still think it's kind of a little bit too gimmicky for it, is like you say, Punk's winning, and then the lights go out, and they, they have a recording of Paul Bear going, Oh yeah! yeah. And then like the lights come on, and he's just like, "What?" And then Undertaker. You know, there's gonna be something like that, and then the Undertaker does this sit up out of nowhere thing, mm-hmm. and then he hasn't done that forever, really. He does it every wrestling. He doesn't do it well though. Well, he hasn't he done does, it. For- yeah, he barely do. Before it used to be like lightning quick, and now he's like, yeah. <clears throat> He hasn't done it forever. Yeah, forever was last WrestleMania. <laughs> he hasn't been around. It has seemed like that. So I guess this means we're not going to get Sin Cara versus Rey Mysterio. Oh, this year. I've been rumored that for you, what three years you, now. You you can catch it if you go down to the local hospital. <laughs> they're they're probably sitting in a in a hospital room together because they're both definitely they're both injured doing right now. Physical therapy. He's both on <laughs> their knees. Uh, I mean, I think that that pretty much covers it, right? Yeah, this is great. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, well, it's a lot of fun, <laughs> man. Justin Summers, Chris Clem, I'm better, Steve Guy. Better thank the funny stop. For the yes, yes. Yeah. Pete Th- at the funny you, stop. Pete. <laughs> thank you, Pete, at the funny stop for letting us in. It's where we we held this uh, WrestleMania, of course, uh, a week from Sunday, April seventh. Yeah. Probably, Met Life probably Stadium. this Sunday by the time we load it. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. This Sunday, this Sunday up. coming up, April seventh. Easter. I mean, it'll be like. Whatever. By the time this gets <laughs> this Sunday, by the time you listen to this Sunday, and this gets loaded, uh, WrestleMania is tomorrow, April seventh. Uh, <laughs> by the time you see this, WrestleMania will be starting. In 18 minutes. <laughs> Wait a minute, we're talking I just about uploaded this from my hotel. We're, 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 we're talking about Chris Clem here. Yeah. All right, tomorrow is SummerSlam 2015. <laughs> yeah, I hope you guys liked WrestleMania. Here are our predictions. Yeah. <laughs> We were wrong. Uh, but anyway. Man, I know we're getting ready for WrestleMania 30. How about a quick look back at WrestleMania 29? <laughs> this is great. Hopefully everybody uh, listening, watching has enjoyed this. We, get, we yeah, had if fun. people like it, we'll do this again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's it. That's it for me. That's All it from right. us. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Never fall